Hey guys, what's up? It's Corey from Lean Green Dad Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Smart Fitness. If you are sick and tired of paying too much for an overpriced gym membership, you've got to go check them out. They're located here in Central Florida, in Ocoee, actually, and it's run by Andrew Noble. He's a good friend of the show. Make sure you go check them out at gosmartfitness.com. All you need is 20 minutes twice a week for Smart Fitness to work for you. Again, that's gosmartfitness.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. (laughs) From sunny Orlando, Florida, this is Lean Green Dad Radio, the podcast that provides fuel for families. And now, here's your host, Corey Warren. All right. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Hope you are having an awesome week. This is Corey from Lean Green Dad. And of course, we have episode 69 today. It is uh, a great episode to have about protein. Now, when you're thinking about protein on a vegan diet, obviously, that's one of the things that is typically, oh, I'm concerned. Where are you going to get your protein, right? That's the question you always hear. Well, I brought on today the CEO and founder of Clean Machine. His name is Jeffrey Palmer. And Jeff is going to talk to us about his 31 years as being vegan, his 25 years of expertise in working with brands like Whole Foods, Vitamin Shop, 24-Hour Fitness, and he is a natural bodybuilding champion. So not only is he huge as far as you know his knowledge and understanding of the, the vegan diet and protein, but hey, he's also huge in muscles, right? <laughs> this guy has been weightlifting and uh, training in natural physique competitions for quite some time. And I really loved how he broke it down and really got into the science behind the protein. So it's a pretty long interview, but I had a blast doing it. It's a little longer than usual, but man, so much knowledge and information about how protein actually digests in your body and how you can get the most out of your protein if you just simply do a couple small things. It blew my mind. So without further ado, let's get right into it. It is episode 69 of Lean Green Dad Radio with the CEO and founder of Clean Machine, Jeff Palmer. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. As I said, I'm very happy to have the CEO and founder of Clean Machine here. He is a vegan sports nutrition fanatic, and he has over 31 years of being vegan, 25 years as an expert in this industry. And what industry am I talking about? Of course, the vegan supplement industry. He's worked with Whole Foods, Vitamin Shop, 24-Hour Fitness, and he's won a bunch of bodybuilding championships. Welcome to the show, Jeff Palmer. Hey, great. great. Uh, It's awesome to be here. Uh, uh, it was great meeting you at VegFest and connecting, and uh, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. I'm glad to have you. You know, we did. We ran into each other at the Central Florida VegFest. Uh, we had a booth right next to each other. And then, of course, I saw you in Miami at the Seed, Food, and Wine Festival, I think it was, right? Yeah, that was an awesome event. We'll definitely be down there again. Neat, neat. Well, okay. So you are unique in the sense that you have taken the word vegan and plant-based and you've associated it with muscles and bodybuilding and looking huge and looking ripped and that's something that uh, you don't really see 
nowadays or or every now and then or there's a stigma associated with it so talk to me about that how did you come up with the clean machine how did you get started as a vegan bodybuilder yeah so i in uh, high school and college i was a swimmer and that's when i first got into weight training uh, back in the day uh, I really liked what uh, weight training did for me, both in health and energy and positive mood, all the benefits that came with it. And uh, yeah, it wasn't so bad for looking good, too, as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, for me, it was more about the health benefits. And, and then all through college, I really started uh, getting into the science of the biology of it all and uh, just became totally fascinated with it. But um my college degree was in uh, biopsych, which was looking at uh, the way uh, the whole physiology of the human body relates to mood and behavior. And, and I started noticing some things that <clears throat> kind of stuck out and that there were these certain different chemicals that uh, either uh, created in our food supply that were inhibiting um, positive mood, uh, specifically serotonin. And I'm like, well, what is it that we're eating that blocks our happiness? Hmm. And sure enough, they were found in animal products. Wow. Okay, then what kind of things are blocking our happiness? What kind of things are blocking that serotonin? Yeah, well, um, uh, Nutrifacts.org, actually, uh, Dr. Greger did a great uh, little study on uh, happiness. Now, they're doing a lot more studies now. What I was looking at is that uh, on a molecular level down to the serotonin. So a lot of the serotonin is created in the gut. When you introduce animal proteins, uh, specifically um, it, it increases bile in the gut. Well, only certain probiotics can live in a bile environment. Hmm. Um, and when you shift that, these bad bile probiotics start taking over the environment of the gut hmm. and they wipe out the probiotics that actually convert amino acids um, into serotonin. Hmm. Um, so you're basically, uh, you know, when I saw also studying a, a, a little bit on uh, religious studies and one of the things we were covering was karma and i'm like wait a minute that's biochemical neurological mm -hmm. physiological karma mm -hmm. you do something bad to the the animal you eat it it changes your gut and you produce less happy chemicals wow. less serotonin. so the animal's unhappy, you eat it, and you become unhappy. And the, and the planet's unhappy, too. I mean, that's a whole other show. But, I mean, you know, you look at things like cowspiracy and stuff like that. I mean, you've got the the environmental impact alone on consuming animal products. Absolutely. So the damage to be done is actually doing it to yourself in a whole host of ways. So I, I really got onto that. I, I um, you know, went through a real phase of just clearing out my life completely and within – uh, a month or two, I was completely vegan. And that was 31 years ago on March 15th. Unbelievable. The Ides of March, huh? <laughs> yes, indeed. It's a <laughs> wow. big change for me. And especially back then when, you know, I did not know a single other person that was vegan. I didn't know, I didn't even know the word vegan back then. Uh, somebody actually told it to me after I was describing my diet. Wow. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing the math here. That, that was 1985. Is that correct? Yes, yes indeed. <laughs> All right, I won't tell you how old I was when uh, when that happened. Okay, <laughs> but um, okay. So we're talking about the the fact that you you went vegan before it was cool to be vegan. See, now this must be awesome for you because you're seeing it 
trending with the celebrities. I mean, you got Beyonce, you got Jay-Z vegan. And I mean, it's hitting the mainstream and you're not weird anymore if you're vegan. The, The biggest thing that I find is that my friends don't know how to eat with me and are under a very high stress situation when I come over for a meal or something like that. They're very, very concerned about it. Have you had that problem as well? Or have you, you know, over your 31 years, have you experienced something like that before? Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) I mean, uh, from workplaces, um, you know, where eating is such a social environment uh, situation, um, you know, all the way through family members that uh, have have not been so um, open or welcoming. Um, but, you know, a lot of positive changes, too, as well. Um, you know, back in 1985, um, there, there weren't a lot of books. There were no movies. There were no a lot of a lot of the support material really came out after that period. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm so glad that there's so much content out there the the studies that are available that are supporting it which i love finally um you know i had to go back on in, intuition and my drive for compassion i changed because i knew it was wrong mm-hmm. and um you know but my science mind said well if i know in my heart of hearts this is wrong there's got to be some good information that shows why it is wrong yep absolutely you know? and finally the funding is coming out you know but You've got industries out there, the meat industry, the, the the dairy and egg industry. I mean, these industries are are tough to, you know, say stuff. I mean, you know, look at Oprah with her big lawsuit that she she had that she said when she wasn't going to eat meat anymore, you know? I mean, it's it's um when you start messing with the economy and the income and the way things have been for so long, it, it, things get they get tough and it's hard to change people's minds too because it's all they've ever known. And again, like like you said, food is very emotional. We my family, my 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 immediate family, my in-laws, I mean, it was a huge transition when we decided to change and, and we did the switch uh, I don't know, maybe 5 years ago. I was, you know, training for the Ironman triathlon and then in addition to that, my wife had ulcerative colitis. And so you know, we, we figured out this anti-inflammatory lifestyle through the vegan diet was the way that we needed to go. And so originally, it, you know, and we get asked this question all the time, did you do it for health reasons or did you do it for like the animal reasons, right? And so mm-hmm. when it started off, I guess, quote unquote, you could call it the health reasons. But as we've evolved with this lifestyle and diet, it it's all inclusive, you know? So our answer now is it all of the above, you know, um, we, we do care about the animals. We do care about the way they're treated on the factory farms. We also know for a fact that it's healthier for us. And so that's why we choose to eat that way. But, you know, but how, how can, how can, I guess, how, how are you more inclusive, you know, because you said you had a little bit of trouble with family members and stuff like that. You know, how, how do you approach those things? Is it kind of a, you know, there, once you reach a certain age, you know, the, the in-laws or the family that you're trying to change, they're, they're just stuck in their ways and it's not going to happen or, and you just kind of give up or do you, do you work with them and try to educate them if they're open to it? How do you approach that? Yeah. And that's a, uh, all of the above is the answer is, mm. um, you know, I worked at uh, universal studios one time and we had a really kind of cool training course 
where we tra uh, trained on different personality types, how to react to the customers attending the park in different ways according to the personality type. Hmm. And I think that's a good application for vegans. Uh, some people will respond to the science. Other people won't. Some people will respond to the compassion end, you know, understanding the, the, the pain and suffering. Other people will more respond to it, their personal health benefits. I like addressing people based on what their interest is and approaching it in a, because there's so many benefits, whether it's environment or health or uh, anti-cancer. I mean, there's just so many things that could be unique to somebody and important to somebody that the other things won't. And for me, all of the reasons are good. So it doesn't matter why you make the change. It's more important that you make the change. I agree. And Yep. It doesn't matter to me how much you change because everybody can change. Some people can go, that's it, I'm vegan, done. Mm -hmm. Day one, next day. Other people, well, let me cut out a little more. Let me add more salads at night. All of those steps are great and are important because they're steps in the right direction, yep. both for their own personal health and, of course, for the animals. Yeah, and that's why, you know, with the the rebrand here of our of our name, Lean Green Dad, I mean, it's kind of a double meaning in the sense that you know, I've heard this term of leaning in before. You're leaning into being vegan. So, you know, we're not, we're not saying like start, you know, from uh, cold turkey here, <laughs> for for lack of a better word, I guess, you know, a <laughs> vegan guy saying cold turkey. But, you know, you're just, you're stopping everything immediately and saying, I'm not going to eat this or this or this anymore starting this day. That might work for a very small percent of the population, but some other folks, you know, they might start with a meatless Monday and then they might transition a little bit you know, more into like maybe breakfast and lunch, uh, you know, we'll just do that vegan or plant-based. And then uh, over time they can transition themselves to, to dinner. So yeah, I, I agree. And that's, that's interesting that you've had that struggle too, because I know that again, it gets very emotional, you know, with the family members. It, it does. And I think, I think when you can uh, empathize with other people and come from where they're coming from, it makes the conversation easier. Because I think a lot of people who don't know it fear it, and it's the fear reaction mm -hmm. that leads to the defensiveness. Mm -hmm. um, but when you can bring it to a place where you say, oh, that's great. Well, I see you eating a salad. That's awesome. Yeah, well, I eat salads a lot. And then they can own part of it and not feel... I'm on one side of the you know, argument and they're on the other. Exactly, exactly. Good stuff. All right, so now let's, uh, let's get to the uh, bulk of the conversation here. So I, I work out a lot. Every day I, I go out there on my porch and I work out outside, whether it's you know working out with my – I have a 40-pound sandbag that I strap on my back and do some push-ups, pull-ups, stuff like that. I do a lot of stuff with my own body weight. Uh, I stopped going to an actual gym quite a while ago just because I, um, you know, I, I, the equipment wasn't there. I didn't have enough time. I'm a busy parent, so I do the best I can with the weights I have at home. I've got several dumbbells and uh, a couple different things. But, um, you know, when, when I am working out, I love, you know, being able to supplement every now and then. And I, I used to do creatine. I used to do a couple different things uh, because, you know, I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe creatine is almost uh, not deficient, but it's lacking for vegans, right? Because creatine comes from from meat-based products. Is that right? Correct. The body can produce its own um, uh, through various mechanisms. 
but it usually only pools a certain amount. So um, the, the research has shown that uh, actually vegans and uh, in particular, but vegetarians too as well, uh, can benefit even greater and have greater muscle gains uh, from using creatine than actual omnivores do. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, so I, I would supplement with that. I would supplement with a little bit of uh, L-carnitine and um, L-glutamine for after. So, you know, I would, it might be overkill, but I did some creatine and uh, I do like five grams of creatine and then um, L-carnitine, I don't remember how much, prior to the workout, you know, maybe 30 minutes or so. And then after the workout, I would do the L-glutamine and a protein shake. And, you know, people think that, you know, taking supplements, there might be a, a, a negative connotation associated with it, thinking that it's like, you know, cheating or something. I, mean, I, I don't think that way at all. Like we were talking before the show, I think that there's so much to be gained from having some supplementation in your diet if that's what you choose to do, you know, and I think it's all about the goal. I think it's what what are you personally trying to achieve? Because there are natural uh, holistic ways to do what you want to do without taking those supplements that might have given you that, you know, negative preconception. But um, can you talk a little bit about just the whole idea of supplementation and how it can actually benefit someone who's, you know, trying to be more fit, you know, or just trying to gain muscle, whatever their goal might be? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's let's talk uh, protein since I, I know that's a, a great topic for yes. many people. So there's some been some really great research specifically on plant proteins. Um, so uh, the originally uh, the question was uh, how much protein uh, can one actually digest in a, in a sitting? Mm. And uh, there's lots of different studies out of them. And look, they're all over. So I'm not going to say this is what it is. I'm going to say <laughs> Based on most of the studies out here, this is around where they're uh, reaching at. But roughly around 30 grams of protein is about what you can absorb. Um, you can find other ones out there that find it. But muscle protein synthesis, which is how much the of the amino acids get into the cells that actually cause the chain, the machinery to produce real uh, proteins that uh, make muscle. So... 30 grams about the level. They found that at 40 grams, there was no protein increase, no muscle protein uh, synthesis increases. And is that uh, or 50 or up to 90 or even 200? Is that per serving or is that like for the day, 24 hour period? Like wh what is that? That's in a single sitting, a single meal. Okay. <clears throat> so um, within a meal, you need at least about four hours to digest the protein. Uh, but within that window, in, there's a period in the gut where most of the amino acids are absorbed. Um, so that really tells you you've got to get it absorbed during that window or the rest of it passes through the gut and it doesn't do anything but maybe feed, feed some bad bacteria or end up adding more calories. Hmm. Um, so there are limits. I'm all protein efficiency, which is get the most used on the least amount. So that's being efficient, <clears throat> you know, uh, just like an automobile when you have gasoline efficiency, it's the least amount of gasoline you can use to power that car appropriately. Mm -hmm. That's what, I, that's the approach I like personally, not that you'll hear that too, from too many people who own supplement companies, right. but I'm telling you to eat less protein, <laughs> but there's some really cool ways to accomplish that. <clears throat> now I personally, uh, I'm 53 years of age. Um, 
So I'm all about longevity too as well. And there's one thing clinically proven over and over in every single life form on this planet that creates longevity. And that's calorie restriction. Now, you say, Jeff, but you need to eat a lot of calories because you're a bodybuilder. Yes and no. Um, you still have to consume enough calories to get you to that window where you're maximizing the protein efficiency, but you don't want more calories than that because they can end up as fat or not used at all or taxation on the internal organs. So what I found is two key things really help the efficiency of the protein. So when they looked at that study, though, on 30 grams of protein, they were using whey protein and animal protein. Oh, no, you're kidding me. Yes. Holy cow. Okay, so there's one major difference as far as muscle protein synthesis is concerned of why whey protein is the number one used protein. Uh, it has a high leucine content. There are three branch chain amino acids. One of them is leucine. Leucine is the single most anabolic amino acid out of all 16 amino acids. And what does that mean? Okay, so anabolic means growth stimulated. So <clears throat> the way leucine stimulates the cell to grow is it acts as a trigger, just like, uh, well, not exactly like, so if there's any real science geeks out there or MDs, forgive me for oversimplifying, but <laughs> um, like similar to insulin is to fat cells, they help get the uh, carbohydrates and fats uh, and triglycerides into the fat cells for storage. The same with leucine is for, um, for proteins and amino acids. Okay. So you, you first, you want to get the protein into your gut, then your enzymes and probiotics and some of your stomach acid help break it down into amino acids or peptides, a little form, little chains of amino acids. Then those get into the bloodstream. Once they're in the bloodstream, and remember, about 30 grams is about all you can get in there without the help of supplements. So here's phase one. Using a digestive enzyme that is high in what's called proteolytic enzymes, which is a high protein breakdown. So they break down the amino acids. Amino acids can absorb very easily and very quickly into the bloodstream, but you have to break those proteins down into amino acids in order to get into the bloodstream. So taking a enzyme can help do that. Now, some will say, yeah, but aren't there enzymes in food? Well, if you're eating cooked food, no. Mm. The answer is very simple. Now, if you're eating raw foods with your proteins, yes. But remember, some of those enzymes are made to for those particular proteins that are in that plant. If you're consuming, say, a protein shake or something like that, Definitely, I personally would always use enzymes. Uh, interesting study recently showed that uh, using one of the more aggressive enzymes out there, total plant-based, it's from uh, uh, yeast, um, actually increased the amino acids getting into the bloodstream by over 200%. Wow. So remember this, eating the exact same protein, amount of protein, 30 grams in your, in your food, and you go from... You can go from, and this was a different study that actually showed this, go from 30% absorption of amino acids into the bloodstream up to 127% increase in amino acids into the bloodstream. Oh, by simply changing what you eat or what you put in your body to help them absorb, right? 
Exactly. I mean, enzymes are exact. Enzymes are actually proteins in themselves, but enzymes actually help your body absorb more, more of the protein. So you could conceivably eat less protein, take an enzyme, and get more amino acids in your bloodstream. Unbelievable. Okay, so my next question, and I mean, we're going to get into the product here, uh, all the clean machine line of products, but so that that would make me believe that your products enable that to happen, right? It's kind of a one-stop shop. You take the product and the, what's in them works together to help you get the most absorption for the least amount of protein that you take, right? Absolutely. We'll be, we'll be coming out with a protein this summer that has the most active uh, amino acid uh, enzyme in it that uh, takes the protein and breaks it down to and this has been shown in studies, nearly 100%. That's 100% efficiency of what you eat getting into your bloodstream and being usable as opposed to 30%. Oh. That's a huge difference. That means you can eat less calories, less protein, have it less taxing on the system, and gain more muscle. Wow. And that's that's, that's what people that's what people want. You know, like see when when uh I was in, you know, college, there was this dude trying to work out uh just every single day to gain enough weight to be part of uh the WWE, right? And so he wanted to be a professional wrestler and all this other stuff, which, you know, that's cool and stuff, but he was eating like Big Macs to do it. Whoppers and Big Macs and burgers yeah. and fries because they were calories, right? And he's probably destroying his insides by doing that. And it was just a shocker to me, you know? And and I, I'm fascinated, Bo, though, by this caloric restriction, you know? So so what, what does a typical day look like for you as far as eating? Yeah, so um, I focus on two things. Um, very good vegan doctor out there, Dr. Joel Furman, mm-hmm. um, uh, coined the term nutritarian. Um, so he looks for nutrient-dense foods. So um, calorie less on the calories, higher on nutrient density. Um, he was one of the people that really popularized kale um, because he pointed out it's high nutrient density. Um, low calorie, high nutrients. That's really what you want. That is one of the things that, say, a protein powder can do because what you're saying is that the macronutrients in it, protein, has been isolated, so it's very dense in that. So you're getting a lot of the protein without all the rest of the calories from carbohydrates or fats, allowing you to reduce your total caloric intake at the same time of meeting your protein needs. So I can do one or two protein shakes a day specifically timed at the right places when my body needs that protein uh, right before and after a workout and compensate for a lot of calories that my body would intake if I weren't taking it from foods. Mm, unbelievable. And do, do you fast at all? Do you do any kind of fasting? Is that beneficial to you? I used to do a, a lot of fasting, but fasting um, and even intermittent fasting, one of the risks for intermittent fasting, they've actually showed better protein protein um, synthesis and, and muscle growth stimulation, but at the same time, uh, even with intermittent, intermittent fasting, which is like fasting for periods of less than a day, um, your body can uh, become catabolic, which is it starts actually taking away protein from the muscle. Hmm. Um, so that's one of the concerns. Now, 
there is a really cool way to get the best of both of those worlds. Uh, a lot of the bodybuilders today are using intermittent fasting, but consuming branch chain amino acids while they're doing it. Now, the, the reason the body breaks down muscle protein when you're fasting is because it wants to hang on to the fat. Uh, body fat is stored for backup. You don't want to use all your backup because then you don't have anything left. Mm. So your body will actually go into a catabolic state once it burns through glycogen and, and blood sugar and, uh, and maybe some glutamine, but it doesn't really want to touch the fat. That's why it's harder, hardest for most people to lose that fat because the body's protective of it in general. Hmm. But by adding branch chains, the body won't need to break down the protein that's in your muscle um, won't tear apart the muscle to get the branch chains out, send it to um, the different organs to cause the reaction to turn those into usable energy. So by adding those branch chains, you're doing twofold. One, you're preventing the body from uh, taking that branch chains, the proteins, away from your muscle. And two, you're actually causing the fat-burning machine to accelerate because it's very usable, easy energy for your body to use. So, so when we say the word protein, it's kind of all inclusive. We we really mean twenty one different branch chain amino acids. Is that right? <laughs> well, there's actually three different branch chain amino acids, <laughs> and there's nine essential amino acids. Oh my so gosh! There's three groups of amino acids. There's sixteen basic amino acids. Nine of them are called essential, which means you have to get them from food. The other amino acids, your body can actually take the essential amino acids and recombine them to form the other amino acids. So your body can make its own if it has enough of the essential amino acids. Unbelievable. Um, okay, but that that is the term protein is is what we're talking about with those guys, right? Okay, so let's 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 dig a little bit deeper here into the science. Take there me are, into the we, science, Jeff. Okay, <laughs> so there are three different terminologies for protein. There is what's called um, uh, dietary protein, which is obviously the protein we eat, which is then broken down into amino acids and amino peptides. Um, so a protein is a really long chain of a series of amino acids. And then peptides are if you took that chain and chopped it up into pieces. Now, peptides can be dyed, tripeptides, or, or um, different size peptides. But those peptides act like keys. They can actually do specific functions in the body other than just be a group of little um, amino acids stuck together. Mm -hmm. They actually can carry out functions like lower blood pressure, um, uh, increase uh, uh, metabolism. They can do lots of really cool functions in the body. So peptides are, are not to be written off. So that's dietary proteins, the stuff that we eat. Then there's called structural proteins. That's what your body does with those amino acids, putting them back together and zipping up big uh, 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 protein chains and forming different things from, they form enzymes, they form proteins, they form skin cells, they form muscle, uh, hair is protein. Uh, there's a lot more things that are protein that most people don't think of just besides muscle. Um, we lose skin cells every day tens of thousands of skin cells every day. Those have to be replaced. Those are all protein. We lose hair every day. Those have to be replaced. Those are protein. We use up enzymes. Enzymes are all proteins. They're, they're what we call the third type of protein, which is functional proteins. 
These are actually proteins that carry out functions in the body, like enzymes or hormones. There are certain hormones like serotonin, uh, neurotransmitters that are, are melatonin is one made of amino acids. So your body needs proteins for their amino acids for lots of different functions in the body, not just muscle. Mm. What was the second one again? Dietary, functional, and what was the second one? Structural. Oh, Those right. are the building blocks that make up all the proteins in our body. All right, good. I want to make sure I have uh, very detailed show notes for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, there's one really cool functional protein that I actually wrote a book on and uh, uh, co-authored a book on and, and did a video. It's, it's called a heat shock protein. And it got its name because the scientists that discovered it um, had some flies in a uh, area that he was studying, and he left the heat lamp on overnight by mistake. Well, about half of the flies died from the heat exposure. Okay. Half of them didn't. And he said, how come half lived and half of them died when they were both under the same stress? So he got a microscope and he looked at their cells, and the flies that survived had a lot more of these tiny structures inside every one of their cells. Hmm. So they survived the heat because of these proteins. Okay, so think of a protein as a long string. Now ball it up and just a crumpled up knot. That's kind of what a heat shock protein looks like. Now this heat shock protein, though, is not just a structural protein, meaning it's not just a part of a building or part of a muscle or part of an eye cell or something like that. It actually is in your cell to fold all these proteins into their perfect shape and create all the proteins that are in your body. Unbelievable. Yeah, pretty cool. Unbelievable. So what's, what's amazing about this is that when you stress, like when you work out, your body creates tons of these heat shock proteins. After your workout, up to 15% of your total body's protein makeup can be these small structures, heat shock protein. Mm. They, they are healing the cell. They are protecting the cell. They are repairing damage to the cell. They are taking out parts of the cell that are damaged, fixing them and replacing them. Or they are taking the cell and blowing it up and saying, let's start over. They can even go into the DNA and say, this cell didn't make it. Let's change the DNA so we make a stronger cell that can handle this stress. Unbelievable. And and so with with this heat shock protein, after after the heat shock proteins do their thing after an intense workout, what do you feed these this body to to get it to, you know, benefit the the best that it can? Yes. So the answer is kind of twofold. So remember we were talking about the enzymes and the probiotics helping get all those uh, amino acids into the bloodstream. Right. So once they're in the bloodstream, they need to get inside the cells. So branch chain amino acids, specifically leucine, is the trigger to allowing that in there. Now, here's what's cool. So we knew, again, remember, 30% protein, 30 um, grams. Uh, 30 grams of protein yep. for animal proteins. Well, they said, well, because plant proteins are lower in leucine, um, what if we just took some branch chains, some leucine, and put it in the plant protein, what would happen? So they compared it to whey protein, 
with the exact same amount of leucine on both sides by simply adding a little bit more branch chains to the plant protein. In this particular case, they used wheat protein. Okay. What was interesting was not to be expected. They expected it to be at least close to whey. It actually outperformed whey protein. Unbelievable. By how much? <laughs> By a significant amount. And what? So I looked at it, and the reason being is because the plant proteins have all of the essential amino acids in better amounts and ratios. So when you just compensate for that one amino acid that's missing, the leucine and the branch chains, plant proteins actually outperformed whey for building muscle. Mm. <laughs> that's awesome. And then comes 2014 Mr. Universe, vegan himself, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I loved that. I loved that. Uh, I can't believe Mr. Universe was was vegan once, you know. Um, but I but I digress. I, do, I digress. So, yes, um, I, I'm just blown away. I, I got to tell you, I am... I am following along. You know, we talked about this before the show. I was like, okay, is this going to be over my head? You were like, how deep do you want me to go with the science of this? And the answer is I, I want you to go as deep as possible until I just kind of lose where where we were. And I haven't lost it yet. I haven't lost, uh, you know, I've been able to follow very, very well. And uh, it makes total sense to me. I think the thing that I've walked away with the most from, from this, and we could do like a part two and part three of this because I have just so many questions, but... Um, you know, is, is combining the probiotics with your protein when, when you're doing it now, you, you said before and after your workout. So do you make like a whole protein shake for yourself and then drink half before and half after? Um, so I actually do a, uh, a protein shake, uh, prior to, um, again, remember when you're putting the stress on the body, you want to have those amino acids in the bloodstream so that your body doesn't break down protein. So you've got two things going on in what's called nitrogen balance. So your body tries to keep a balance of nitrogen, which is, is your proteins, your amino acid pool that's in the body. And when it sees it starts getting low, it'll actually go catabolic, which is um, basically eating protein. Right. Easy way to remember it, a kitty cat eats protein, <laughs> a catabolic will, will uh, do the same thing in your body. So catabolic phase is what you try to keep out of there by having some amino acids, specifically uh, branch chains, but also the other proteins will help prevent your muscle loss and then feeding your workout afterwards with the amount of protein and branch chains that it needs will maximize protein synthesis. The study showed that adding simply um, five grams of, of uh, branch chain amino acids to your protein meal, increase protein synthesis by 33%. Mm. If anybody told me I could eat the same amount of protein and get a third more muscle out of it just by adding branch chains, yeah, I'm down with that. Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Oh, okay. So how, how long before your workout are you talking here? 20 minutes or so? Yeah. Now on the pre one, I usually uh, give it, remember, protein takes longer to digest and, and longer to break break down mm -hmm. so at least an hour to hour and a half prior is what i like to to give uh, and do the protein with uh, just some simple carbs uh, usually i use berries because they're a little glycemic but enough to stimulate a little bit of insulin and get the whole process going and then uh, about a half hour to 45 minutes after the workout feed feed the uh, feed the workout nice okay now uh let's talk about your products here let's talk about the the I think there's how many products are there, Jeff? Are there, are there three? 
There are three. Okay. Uh, we got uh, two more coming, but uh, uh, the three and and I very specifically selected these three because they are the three key uh, things that we know from research uh, actually greatly affects, significantly affects muscle protein synthesis, which is what I am trying to accomplish, gaining the most muscle most efficiently so doing it on the lowest calories possible uh and doing it in a healthy way but so but these aren't just for bodybuilders i mean these are for anyone that is working out i mean my wife works out um she does a a slow style of workout and so she's you know taxing the muscle for a longer amount of time um in the gym she's doing that slow training and it's working out really well for her with a a buddy of mine that runs a, a company called smart fitness out here they're sponsored the show as well and i think that she could benefit from this as well because anybody that's working out you know and that's the thing i mean jeff is you know jeff you got a lot of muscles you're a big guy i mean a lot of the guys that work the marketing tables they they're huge i mean they're just ridiculous i mean some of them just i mean they're competitive bodybuilders obviously but this is for everyone this is not you don't have to be a bodybuilder to take this product this product is for everyone because everyone needs protein to live and everyone who wants to be fit and wants to be more efficient at how you process that protein they can use this product am i right Uh, absolutely and look the three the the three things most people want is to to gain some muscle muscle uh helps you know exercise and muscle uh, helps keep your body fat low all all the time um so reducing body fat too we know that has health benefits to it. Uh, you look at obesity and diabetes; these are these are problematic. Um, so dropping weight definitely prolongs your uh, life and improves your overall health. Um, and then thirdly, every product I uh, uh, have created is health promoting. So all have science showing they have health benefits as well as just physical fitness benefits. Uh, what I wanted to do is bring health and fitness back together. T- to me, they're two sides of the same coin. Coin, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, with the very first product, I started out. Um, okay, so many of the guys that you see, they're huge. Even some of the women, it's because they're taking anabolic steroids. Mm. I I am 100% natural myself. Look, I don't I don't make an opinion on other people using any. Um, drugs or anything like that. It's just not what I would want to do to my body because I know the health, health consequences of it. Right. Uh, and the research is out there pretty, pretty clearly showing some of the negative health benefits and negative health effects of um, using uh, those certain drugs. Um, plus, it, it sends major stresses on the body and accelerates the aging process. Again, those are two things I'm not in personally. Uh, so I want to uh, be able to give products to people, uh, obviously that are vegan, since I am, um, but also that promote health and your physical fitness so that you can achieve both, um, not one or the other. I, I really don't think you should jeopardize your health in order to get improved fitness, and I don't think you should you know, give up on your fitness goals uh, just because you're overemphasizing health. Why not bring both of those together and get both of the benefits? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm with you. All right, so we got Cell Block 80, we got Clean BCAA, and then we got the Ahi Flower Oil. So 
roughly quickly quickly go through all three of those for me. I'm going to link them all up in the show notes, but um, definitely just give me a, a brief overview on each one, and uh, so people can kind of think in their minds, okay, which one's going to be best for me? Yeah, well, in my studies of uh, the heat shock proteins, I came across the the best plant in the entire globe at uh, at improving heat shock proteins. It was a, a prickly pear cactus. Uh, many people can see it; it's all over the place. Um, but its flower was also the best at controlling its hormones. Um, so they did an interesting study and and found that yes, indeed, that actually translated into humans as well and controlled and balanced our hormones better than any other product ever created. Um, that's what got me excited about bringing this. The follow-up research was done on uh, the benefits from it, and, and that was that they looked at prostate. Prostate is the number one health risk uh, for men um, in the United States. Um, uh, it's the fastest growing cancer. Uh, one out of every six men in the country over 50 will get prostate cancer, which is horrible. Um, one out of every two, 50% of men over 50 will have uh, um, prostate issues. Mm. So this is huge. Um, fortunately, vegans don't get it as much, um, but it's still a, a major concern. So the biggest thing that when people talk about testosterone, which is has lots of health benefits to it, even in shown to increase lifespan when appropriate levels are there, healthy levels are there, um, obviously, testosterone has been used to promote muscle growth because it has a direct influence on muscle growth. Um, so I wanted to say, all right, what out there, what is available in nature that both improves testosterone while reducing the risk of the negative health impact? Because when you produce too much testosterone, it can convert to two different things, estrogen and DHT. DHT is dihydrotestosterone. DHT has been associated directly with prostate issues. Um, so there is uh, a lot of negative benefits, which prostate issues is one, uh, bad skin or acne is another, hair loss has been uh, directly associated with DHT levels too. Um, so there's a host of negatives. On the flip side, guys for excess estrogen can be fat gain, um, water retention, uh, breast growth in men, which uh, some people have seen, especially guys that are carrying a lot of body fat, you can see man boobs, mm -hmm. so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's a, that's a real health problem. There's even to the point have been found uh, breast cancer in men now mm. uh, because of that. Um, so it's a serious health issue. And bringing those two under control, estrogen and DHT, um, not only improved your use and uh, availability of testosterone, but it decreased all those negative side effects. And that's exactly what this flower did. Uh, uh, in a human cell study, it showed 80% reduction in the, the, the change from testosterone to either estrogen or DHT, which is incredible. Um, nothing, nothing, no other supplement on the market even comes close to that. But the health benefits of it too, it's got ashwagandha, which was just used in a study, showed increased muscle gains, increased testosterone levels, as well as decreased body fat. 128% uh, more body fat uh, reduction uh, compared to placebo. These are published human studies showing these amazing benefits of these herbs. Um, it's a completely herbal formula with uh, one mineral in it, um, boron, which is also helpful for bone density too. So 
It's just, you know, I look at people and I say, okay, you put oregano and you put some thyme and you put some parsley in your pasta. Okay, that's three herbs and you add some uh, mineral salt. Oh, there's a mineral. So you'll take those three herbs and a mineral, but you won't take this three herbs and a mineral, even when it can actually help prevent some of the very big nasties that are in men all across this country. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) So, you know, when I hear people say, oh, I don't take supplements, it's like, it's just plants. Man. Yeah, it's <laughs> plants food. It's a real amazing thing. It's, I mean, it's real food. Should I call it something else so you don't think of the 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 bad part of supplement when I say the word supplement? You know, let's call. Yeah, it, look, uh, I understand. There's there's some supplement companies out there, you know, really doing the long thing, wrong thing. Oh, yeah. the mar- marketing hype. They're using steroid guys, and they're clearly not getting the gains they are. Uh, from those products. Oh, but, don't even uh, get me started. Like, you know, you got, oh, I can't even, I won't even say their names, but I mean, there's so many athletes out there that are, you know, putting their faces on the front of whey protein products. I'm just like, oh my gosh, you guys, you know, um, and I'll tell you again, I won't name any names, but I interviewed an NFL quarterback, a starting NFL quarterback. And um, it was, it was for a Again, I got to be real careful. It was a product that was that had invited me to come out and review their product, and uh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it because it was a drink, and the drink had uh, like forty-five grams of sugar in it, and it was uh, they were marketing to kids, and they had this quarterback talking about the product and how great it was. And the first question I asked him was. How much do you think about, you know, you think so much about, you know, he's a football player. So I said, you think so much about, you know, the plays and the offense coordination and, and what you're going to call next and everything. How much do you think about what you put in your body? That was my first question. And he's like, you know, to be honest, not a lot right now. You know, I just trust my trainers and just kind of like uh, still learning, you know, learning about what's good. And I'm like, you're a professional football player in the NFL. You are a starting quarterback. And you don't know what you're putting in your body, you know, and it's just, and, and he was marketing this product. That's, that's the whole thing. You're marketing a product that you don't really know about. You're taking the paycheck, obviously, that's, that's great, but you don't know about it. And I, I, in the end, I obviously did not, you know, review the product. I, I have the footage for, you know, my own, uh history there but at the very beginning of starting this blog I had to decide you know what what was I going to stand for what was going to be important to me and that's one of the things I can't do I can't I can't market something I don't believe in I can't do stuff like that so um yeah no uh no athletes on the front of your stuff except your your guys your employees (laughs) (laughs) yeah all of our athletes are 100% natural they're all vegan um and they all use our products. So there's, there's no disingenuous uh, relationship there. Uh, all of our studies is, are available right on our website for anybody to read and make their own, uh, you know, educated opinions on. Um, we list every single one of our ingredients right on the label so that, and the amounts. You can look at the studies and see the exact same uh, type of nutrient in there, the exact same amount, and used in the exact same way as in the study. We do that to be totally transparent. We want to show you that we're about the health and about delivering the best um, and most efficacious, uh, you know, results possible, but do it in a natural and healthy health promoting way. I love it. All right. We got two more products to talk about. We've got the clean BCAA 
And how do you, the, the oil, how do you, um, do you put it in your smoothie? Is that how you do it? Uh, high flower oils in a soft gel capsule to make it po- uh, okay. portable for people who travel or okay, good. like that makes it very easy. And the BCAA, uh, is that a powder? It is a powder. Okay. Yep. And it's a, uh, the current one we have is unflavored, but we are launching a flavored one, a fruit punch flavored. Um, the unflavored for those who just want straight up, uh, you know, branch chains. Also, I know the benefits, uh, obviously, that uh, 33% increase in muscle protein synthesis was when you added it or took them with proteins. So it's unflavored so that you can add it to your protein shakes uh, without adding a weird flavor to it. Nice. And Cell Block 80 is your baby, right? Yes. Uh, two years in research and development on that product, but I am so glad uh, to, to bring that to market. Uh, what's really cool is that women can use the product too. And actually, uh, many women are getting tremendous results. I just talked to a woman today who's just <laughs> doing uh, hitting PRs like crazy. Um, and she's never taken, never lifted heavy weights before. Now she loves it because she has um, so much more strength. So the two biggest concerns with women that I get are, well, wait a minute, if it blocks estrogen, doesn't my body need the estrogen? Mm-hmm. This does not interfere with normal estrogen production at all. All it does is prevent their own testosterone from converting back to additional estrogen that their body doesn't really need. Um, most women are familiar with the influx of estrogen every month. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> so that's not really necessary. It's not for their maintenance of health. And what it does is um, allow more of that that would have converted to estrogen stimulate muscle and body fat reduction so they get better body composition quicker the second concern there is but doesn't testosterone make you more manly like you know chest hair or chin hair or deepening of the voice or anything like that and the answer is no testosterone is actually what they call anabolic and dht is what they call androgenic genesis meaning change uh or or begin and andro meaning male so that's DHT is what causes the masculinizing effects. This actually blocks up to 90% uh, that was shown in the study, up to 90% reduction in conversion of testosterone to DHT, making it very, um, you know, uh, very promising for women to take without all that risk of masculinizing DHT. Oh, wow. See, that, that was my biggest concern about, about that as well. And you just squashed it. I mean, it's destroyed. I, my wife is going to take it now. <laughs> well, it's got lots of other health benefits too. Um, we've even had women uh, report to us um, reduction of uh, um, menopausal symptoms like uh, uh, hot flashes and night sweats just completely disappearing after just a couple of days of use. Hmm. So clearly uh, an amazing product uh, with health benefits across the board for um, anybody over 18 really. Awesome. Yep. And there's a ton of FAQs on the website. Again, everybody will link to all these products in the show notes. Uh, but uh, man, Jeff, you know, this is one of our longer uh, interviews, one of our longer podcasts. And I got to tell you, I, I loved every second of it. I cannot thank you enough for coming on board, not only talking to us about your great products, but giving us a little bit of history into, you know, why you've lived this lifestyle for the past 31 years and then just moving forward, continuing to uh, not only look great, but feel great as you approach your, oh gosh, what is it, mid-50s now, you said? You're, yeah, early, yeah, you're still just, early 50s right now. It's still early 50s, but. 
<laughs> I think it's amazing. Well, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show, and I really look forward to trying these products out myself and uh, and uh, posting the results, showing the results. Maybe I'll do a little. I'll do a little amateur flexing in the mirror. I'm, I'm no. I'm no Jeff, but uh, no, I'm no Jeff Palmer. But I'll try my best. It was it was great going on there, and just one little plug about the ahi flower. It uh, great study on it, four hundred percent more effective at, at converting to EPA than flax. Uh, higher than chia, higher than sachi higher than hemp, higher than any other non-GMO plant on the planet. So that's the kind of things that we do. No other product has the cactus flower in it. The DM thirty three. Um, our branch chains are completely vegan. They're fermented. Um, contain coconut water. So all of our products are really far and above what is, uh, else is out on the marketplace with your health in mind. I love it. Brilliant. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can we find you? Uh, obviously, cleanmachineonline.com, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, check me out on Facebook. We have an Instagram page as well. So um, yeah, uh, I'd love to, anybody that wants more information, friend me on Facebook, hit me up or uh, check out the videos. We have videos on Subblock 80 and Ahi Flower, which really dive deeper into the science and let you know uh, why they're so different and um, some really cool stuff and diagrams and things that you can see in pictures and what really sets them apart. So lots of good information out there, both on the website and Facebook. Awesome. Check the show notes, everybody. Uh, com. just visit the podcast section and you will find the show notes from my talk with Jeff Jeff thank you so much uh, I will see you at the next uh, green festival <laughs> wherever it may be and uh, again thanks for being on the show thank you Alright guys, thank you so much for making it through another episode of Lean Green Dad Radio. But hey, don't let your experience stop here. Visit us online at leangreendad.com. You can find all of our information and where to follow us on social media. We've got a Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and uh, all that fun stuff. We've even got, I I think I said a YouTube channel. Yeah, we've got a YouTube channel. I said that already. So uh, make sure you go online, check us out. Feel free to sign up for our newsletter. But mostly, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you have time, get into iTunes there. Leave us a review. That's what keeps the show going strong. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful week and keep going that extra mile for your family. Until next time, talk to you soon, guys. Bye-bye.